river kingdoms, a constantly shifting group of city-states, kingdoms and fiefdoms, rising and falling through the machinations of would-be conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Brevoy sits the Stolen Lands. Stolen from what and when are a matter of some debate. Currently overrun by bandits and monsters. Brevoy seeks to aid in the establishment of new kingdoms, buffer states, run by anyone strong enough and clever enough to carve a kingdom out of the savage wilderness. Caelan Thorne, the mercenary who would be king, believes he is that man. Herein lies his tale of wilderness exploration, monsters, politics, romantic entanglements, ancient gods, and war. Heavy indeed is the head that wears the crown. Sugarfueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo Adventure Path. A word to our listeners. This game is often interrupted. Whenever this happens, you'll hear our editor's tone. To let you know when a segment of recording has been removed until we resume gaming. Episode 122. Voice of the editor here. Just a heads up that this entire episode is army combat from start to finish. If that doesn't appeal to you, feel free to just skip straight on to the next episode where we'll recap what happened. As you no doubt remember when last we left our heroes. Um, we were going to invade Pytax. Yep. Um, I think that probably was pretty much what came next. We had, um, rescued Kirsten Garris and, um... Simon Rusk. Then Simon Rusk. And, yep. um, Simon was staying with the, um, mercenary band and, um, the River Raisers and Keston was, um, going back to commanding an army if he feels up to that. Yep. We'll understand if he doesn't, given we've only just rescued him. Yeah, the army might have different opinions, but no, no, he's he's up for that. Cool. Considering they're currently being commanded, whichever one I put him in charge of is currently being commanded by Bob, I doubt it will be a hater. Yes, but there's, you know, Keston's only got so many lucky numbers. Yeah, yeah. Sooner or later he's going to fail that role. Yeah, yeah. Well, my goal this time is for him not to command the army that winds up, up getting killed. His goal too, shocking. Yeah. Anyway, he has been in many battles in which he didn't get captured by trolls or, um... By taxis. Yeah. Fortunately, no one got captured by Vorticae. Yeah, yeah. Well, we didn't really see any armies so much as just, um... Held off increasingly strong um, zombie giant armies. So, the floor is yours. Yes. So, let's have a look. See here. Um, so. We have just finished the month of... We have just um, effectively finished the month of Aristus. Mm-hmm. Um. So, in Erodius, we are 
invading Freyliv, invading Pytexia. Yep. Um, so I want to take a little bit of a look at my supplies and make certain I've got my um, end of um, end boss fighting equipment set up. Sure. Um, and um, likewise, there's a lot of money in the party fund if the NPCs need any supplies in the way of potions and the like. Yep. And these are made available for your consideration. Uh, the River Raisers and your two... Um... Mibonese armies? Yep. Cool. Lovely. I like that. <laughs> great, great um, commander names. Well, obviously, they're not Mibonese anymore, they're Mavoyan. Yeah. Mavoyan armies are not commanded by um, Bob. No, no. Naturally not. So... A couple of things need to happen here. So as we hit the month of Eridus, we will have a kingdom turn, um, which will deal with aspects of the economy like that we don't necessarily have enough money to... Um, pay for your armies. Pay for your armies. So Caelan will wind up going into debt this month. Yeah. Um, he is going to personally go adventuring to fight a Ravetti with someone. Yeah. And we haven't necessarily decided who. And then after the kingdom turn of Herodias, there is presumably going to be a giant, um, a giant oh, war, a giant war, and a fight with the Ravetti. Correct. So at this point, uh, I know that these four things need to happen, and I'm yep. turning over to you. Which order we sort these things out? In. I'm pretty happy to have them in whatever order you desire. I think we should probably do um, army battle prior to um, Kalen's one, be simply because if you get beaten. We may be if then we be, may not be taking Pythax, period. Yeah, because if we don't win the army battle, then um, going and killing Eravetti personally may not be well, an option. I don't think it's going to be quite as um, cause and effect as you take Pythax, then everyone stops and watches Kaelin march into the palace and kill Eravetti. No, those will presumably take place simultaneously, but we need to know we're going to take Pythax for the second one to happen. Uh, I think what you'll actually find is they take place partway through each other. Like, the army battle is going to take two days, because each round is half a day kind of thing. Maybe so, more. I mean, we're besieging a city. Yeah, yeah, but during that, that's shorthanding the fact that you're knocking holes in his walls and killing yeah. his troops and blah, blah, blah. So effectively, at some point during that battle, Kaelin's going to be able to get into the city and go try and finish a Ravetti off. Yeah. Okay, so I think then the first thing that we'll do is Kaelin will sit down with his um, core four... And discuss our plans for defeating Eravetti and the effect that we can invade him. Yeah. So, we went looking for another way, but all we found was um, some people, which was good, and a heck of a lot of rather worrying golem blueprints. I don't think at this point that there's any other way to stop him other than the permanent way. Tristan looks kind of saddened and just sort of rubs his eyes a little, but otherwise doesn't comment. I don't want to do this. But I'm not seeing it another way. I want to talk to him when we get him alone and see what he says. But I can't imagine he'll surrender at this point. I wouldn't in his shoes. And he's much more unmoving than I am in this regard. It is, it is possible, says Michaela, when all else is lost and his back is against the wall, that he will see wasting his own life as fruitless and surrender. Of course, there is also the possibility he will fight to the death, because if he can personally overcome you, 
the rest can, in theory, be retaken. It's unlikely he would be able to come back from Pytaxia being seized, but anything is possible. Even Elkterest has fallen. Aye, and that's one of the reasons I do want to take him down. Because I don't think he will stop, no matter what else happens. If he gives me his word that he will, then I'll take it, because his word's always been good. But I don't think he will, because I don't think he, and I don't think he has any intention. Stopping, I don't think it's something he can do anymore. Tristan nods. He's driven on like a machine, following whatever purpose Castruccio Rivetti was originally serving, I suppose, or some derivation of. But it's what what we found in the cave that weighs with me that he said himself when he was a living man that no one would want to live on like this. Which it means, whether everyone in the world would agree with him, I don't know, but it means at any rate that he didn't want to. Why he changed his mind on that, I don't know, but... And Caelan looks down at this point. Any of us have driven far enough can do things we never thought we would do. And, um... You know, the camera catches a flashback of, um, Kaelin, of, um, what's going through Kaelin's head, and it's Kaelin, um, Kaelin, um, twice born. Kaelin twice born, um, bearing down on Varn. Yeah. Raises <laughs> his sword and then collapses. No, it's actually one of the earlier bits where he looks like he's about to kill Varn. <laughs> No, no, I mean, Varn collapses. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because you yeah. did, in fact, kill Varn. Ah, uh, yeah, I did too. <laughs> yeah. I started getting away. Yeah, I mean, well, he certainly made a damn good go at it. Yeah, yeah, I think I might have, yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's... So, the question is, this is appointed for me to do. The, uh, the Grand Council was very clear on that point. One of the things they're hoping to get out of an alliance with Staggathorn is that nobody really wants to go toe-to-toe with the Rivetti. And I can't say I blame them, because I've seen him in, even as we were um, beating up Javun together, it was definitely occurring to my mind that I didn't want to fight him. There are endless numbers of diplomatic permutations. Mivon will, Mivoy will be seen as a liberator rather than a tyrant if you were the, if you were Caelan the Kingslayer. Uh, that should all go wrong for us, they can back out while our hand will be more caught in the trap. Although, um, Erevetti's got a long memory for such things, but then he's not vindictive as these things go. Galton got away remarkably, Galton and Drell have got away remarkably lightly with, um, taunting him. Unless he decides by whatever arcane methodology he is using that he needs to go to war with Mavoy. Aye, well, the circumstance does seem to have changed. Given that he's been a relatively peaceful neighbour for a long time, I think they're right to be worried. But the question is, who's going in with me to take him down? And and who's staying here to keep an eye on the kingdom or going out with the armies in the field? Caitlin nods at this. I would suggest that at least two of us remain here. Iravetti is the wiliest foe we've ever faced. I wouldn't put it past him to have some sort of contingency backup plan, method of 
taking Elk's Rest when uh, when it is stripped of its defenders. We look, we um sent everybody put Corwin to the Rushlight tournament, and poor old Corwin had to defend the city all by himself. I don't want to find a similar circumstance, and I will be sending the bulk of... Uh, well, I won't be stripping um, any of our territories of all their defences. I am going to be sending the bulk of the army south, because it's the only way this works. Uh, I prefer not to lose any of them, neither, although we certainly can't guarantee that. And Tristan looks deeply unhappy, and he says, I don't want to do this. Whether... The Clockwork King is Kistrusi, or whether he is just a triumph of science that works like him. He is a remarkable and unique individual who thinks and plans. But I can't see any other better way of doing this. If my father's real son was here, trust me. He just sort of shakes his head as as his go, goes off on a completely unproductive line of logic. <laughs> so, like Tristan doesn't want to do this because it's it's certainly not assassination, but you you understand what I'm saying? It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's reasonably close to it. You are going in with the express intent of murdering your Yeah, yeah. Which he is not all that morally comfortable with because Tristan is the super goody goody. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, he's he's quite prepared to do it. He's just not enthusiastic about it. Um, and Svetlana says, we have discussed this possibil- the possibility of another way before and found it wanting. I suggest for the moment we confine ourselves to what are unfortunately more practical issues. What is more suitable here? Well, we're expecting him to be inside the palace, aren't we? Aye, and uh, while um, Michaela and I got um, out just in front of his his pen enforcer, I don't imagine that will pertain a second time. We won't just be fighting him any more than um, we were just fighting Drelev when we went up against him. Vilamokov, strong enough to take you in a joust, but he's never had the chance to stand one-to-one with you. I think we could t- the two of, any two of us could take either Koff or Rivetti, although I'm less sure about Rivetti. I confess I'm very worried about taking Koff both at the same time. Koff is not Rivetti's equal, but he is very, very, very strong and tough. We do have the warning now that they're both golems. That will help. Michaela's um was well equipped to fight those littler golems, but they weren't really more than palace guard. We should probably consider that there will be enough of Erevetti's forces within the city that we'll need someone to hold some line of retreat, says Michaela. Um, and then some debate starts. So what if the arising is basically you take a couple of people with you, uh, leave one of them at, you know, the gates to hold the line kind of thing, and fight Erevetti's miscellaneous minions, which yep. seems like either a one- or a two-man job, depending on whether you want to make it harder or easier for them leave one or two people behind in, in Elk's Rest to defend the city, or defend the kingdom, rather, and then take the other one in with you. Yep. So you actually have a minor choice as to whether you leave two behind or one behind, and leave two two guarding the rear or one guarding the rear kind of thing. All right. Um, um, and then in terms of debate about who wants what. Um, so 
Tristan uh, will basically put his hand up and admit that he's somewhat limited in his utility to fight people. Like, inside a palace, his amazing magic horse trick is going to be of somewhat limited value. Yeah, I... Um, on the other hand, if Iravidi does something cunning and runs for it, he can certainly run him down. Yeah. Tristram would be my would not be high on my list of people for the final confrontation. Cool. He's certainly not um, drastically enthused about doing it, so... Um... And I will actually look over at Bryn at this point. Mm. I was wondering about how you'd feel about going in. It's different. But if anyone... Whatever's between you, me, and him, we've never really tried talking about it. This is pretty much going to be our last opportunity. And if talking about it doesn't solve things, I know you've got that Golem Bane scare. Hmm. Not so much of a good talker, me. Nay. I can tear a golem apart. No real problem there. But I think what you worry, I think what you might be worried about is that if you, excuse me, if what you worry about is that I'm gonna freeze, don't. Whatever that thing is, it's not my father. My father died years ago. He's been dead to me for 30 years. What difference is it, what difference is it gonna make? There's a man in a suit there. I don't think, I wanted to check, but I didn't think it'd make a difference for you, love. But, it'll make it, I think it'll make a difference for him. And that's, if there is any way of reaching him, it feels like taking you in might be one way. But, um, Corwin saw in one possible future him killing you. It might not do the trick as well. He might be too far gone for that. I know where my place is. Between you and him. Between these clockwork armies and my kingdom, my pack. So, if I take you in with me, then the question is where the other three of you are. I'd be well suited to come with you. Hold the line. I can get messages in and out. I can get myself in and out quickly. And your eye, that that has that has real merit. And then I wonder about taking Switlana with in with you. The two of you have a lot of power and a lot of tactical flexibility. And leaving Michaela here to watch over things. You can rely on me to hold the line. Guard the walls. Aye. You've got the um, political expertise and you understand defence well and that's what this is going to require. It's possible that nothing will happen here and I'll simply have a nice relaxing few days off. Even in the even in the circumstance that he has absolutely nothing out of his sleeve and it's possible he doesn't because in, it, his position is desperate and in a desperate it stands. Sometimes you put everything in defending your walls. I mean, his plan can't be loose by taxia. But in the event that, but he's pretty clever, and in the event that he's got something nasty planned, I'd be glad to have, have one of us here to keep an eye on things, and I think you'd be a good choice. And really, in the event that I'm taking three quarters of the army, three quarter, quarter, quarters of the army and the rest of ourselves, I doubt it'll be a relaxing few days, even if absolutely nothing comes back north. <laughs>
Quite true. Particularly considering we've got three other army, three other nations' armies entering the borders as well. All right, I think um, I don't think um, I can see much getting past the two of you and glance at Tristram and Switlana. I think they'll be sorry, and I think they'll be sorry if they try it. And if it comes to it, I have a great deal of confidence in your both your abilities to get yourselves out of whatever. If um things go badly, which is no small thing considering the um that you'll be largely on your own in there. So determine stability. Which I fail at. Um increase it by five all the way. So that's a forty-five. Um, Yep, which I failed by five or more. Yep, so you were not um, broadly publicising that you're going to war today, citizens win or die kind of thing, but it's hard to miss. Yep, and I pick up four points of unrest. People are worried. Yep. Like, Mm -hmm. what happens if all the armies leave and they just don't come back again? Yep. Mm -hmm. Which is very nasty. Pay consumption. I have at least managed to get that a bit. Fill vacant magic item slots. I have two. Two medium sized? Yes. Uh, a plus three rapier. Cool. And another cloak of arachnidia. Yay. Alright. So much for the um, awesome drill of killing items. Seems a bit of a high ask. I presume no one's interested in the cloak, given that they weren't in the last one. Nope. Would anyone be interested in the rapier? Not particularly. Didn't think so. Mm -hmm. Just checking, because it's a very different sort of weapon. Svetlana, maybe, if she's feeling particularly rich. She does actually use one as a melee weapon. Oh, yeah. Keep it on there for the moment. Cool, no problem. It's not going to bother you. Query? Yeah, no. I've got um, plenty of things that people are definitely not interested in. And I will, in fact, immediately clear the cloak of Acmeridia. This does not delight me. Yeah, that's right. Last turn we had a good one, though. Michaela got a cloak of resistance plus five. That's why we've got two slots clear. Alrighty. Um. Okay, so um, we build a house in Varnhold. Yep. Which reduces our unrest by one, dropping yep. it to four, which is really bad. Yep. Um, and um, then... Um, Kaelin will make a deposit to the treasury and put in 8,000 GP of his personal money. To try and top it up to pay your armies? Yeah, well, yep. uh, the, the kingdom's facing an um, economic and financial crisis at this point. Yep. And um, this is what Kaelin can do. Yep. 
He's not putting in all of his money, but he's putting in a good, um, solid, he's putting in about half of what he's currently, a bit over half of what he's currently got. And then we collect taxes, which is not guaranteed to fail, but odds are not high. However, this is the exact perfect moment to do it. We roll a really high number. I do think we're not so screwed we can't make it on 19. Which is, oh well, we needed to make 148 and we've made 150, so I needed a 17 or better to make this economy check, and I have pulled it off. Alright, so we're going to ask ourselves the question, what's 150 divided by 3, and the answer is of course 50. Actually, it doesn't do a lot. While people are uncertain, apparently they are still working hard, probably on a general understanding that, um, you know, we do actually need this money to live and all that. And the kingdom picks up 50 build points, plus an additional 13 from our regular monthly incomes. And now I can afford to um, buy things to get the massive unrest problem under control next turn and pay the army this turn and all that good stuff. Okay, and that's and that brings us round to kingdom events, which of course, just because we're planning to invade Drayleaf doesn't mean other things can't happen to us. Very irritating, sorry. Drayleaf is mouldering in his cold, cold grave. Yep. I don't know why I keep doing that, but after we kill Irvetti itself, the problem will resolve itself. That's right. Just, just once everyone is dead, you can call, you can say whatever you like about them. Yeah. Uh, one moment, just need to finish the note I'm working on all perfect solvable puzzles. Yeah, yeah, sure, so we do go hard. So, Bryn is spending some of her money buying something called a lantern of revealing that enables you to see invisible things. Awesome. Um, so I'm giving her a potion of bark skin plus five. Cool. Um, on the basis that natural armor is something that you cannot possibly have too much of. Also, I took a look, and it's ten minutes per level, so um, it's conceivably a buff we can apply on breaking into the palace. Yeah, yeah, like that's an hour fairly easily, I would think, at the point yeah. where it's a plus five. Okay, so... We are presently in Aristus 47.22. Yep. And there are no events. Okay. So, in that case, we invade Pytax. So you do. <laughs> so... We can probably shorthand um, a lot of this movement because it's reasonably obvious what's going to happen here. Yeah. You're going to come for Irovetti's settlement. 
he's going to wall his troops in behind his defence value, because why the fuck wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, I didn't figure he had um, thoughtfully marched them out to defend his non-existent other settlement. So I am perfectly happy to just shorthand through several days go by, you arrive. Cool. All right. If, so... that, if that suits you, if you have particular things you want to be doing, that's fine. No, so... um. I am certainly not committing all my armies, but I am committing the bulk of my armies. Yep. I am committing the Stag Runners, the Avenging Bowmen, and the Hooves of Thunder. Um. So, I have given you the Mivanese armies to drive. Yep. Um, basically, they will, um, the two commanders of those will place themselves under Kalen's general command, uh, and under Akaros's general command. Um, no, Akaros wasn't coming. No, sorry, yes. Um, Vaughn's general, Vaughan's general command. command. Sorry. Um, too many gaps between sessions. Um, and basically, the GM has the veto that can who can step in and go. No, actually, the battle is lost at this point. They retreat, whether you want them to or not. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, you're pretty much free to run them. Cool. Um. So yeah, on the basis that um. This is going to require the majority of our armies. Yep. We're um, leaving the small the small defense forces behind the Cobalt Defenders, Varnhold's army, Fort Drelev's shields, and the Kuikfa, the um, Lizard Folk army. Yep. But none of those are a, would be able to stand off a particularly big or determined force. Yep. So we are we are playing for all the marbles. Yep. Um, I am not necessarily planning to activate those guys at this time on the basis that I should be able to see coming. Yes, yes. Uh, like, if everybody's got tricks like an army that's entirely invisible or can all teleport or something, you're a bit fucked anyway. Yeah, but and I do. If he's got more, if he's got tricks like bombs that undermine your city's supports, that's less of an army scale problem. Yeah, and I mean the thing is, if he does have those tricks, he's um, picked a hell of a time to wait till now to reveal them. So yeah, so I'm activating those three armies, marching them and marching themselves with these three armies. Yep. So six, um, four gargantuan armies and two um, huge ones march on Irvidi, march on Pytaxia, and arrive at Pytaxia. Sounds like where we where we start off. Yep. Cool. So I will actually leave Keston with the defenders rather than send him in with the attackers. Because I don't have a particularly attacking army post for him, because my human commanders, um, Eugenia Farrado and Sir Frederick March. Sure. And um, I don't want to move either of them off the armies they've been leading. Yeah. And um, I don't particularly want to send him in commanding a centaur army, because it's got a bit of a when commanded by um, British officers thing. <laughs> Whereas. <laughs> At my... least he's not a Van Holder. <laughs> yeah. Whereas my. Um, my Van, my Vanhold army and Fort Drelid shields and things are all commanded by Bob, so yep. I'll um, leave him with one of those armies. Fair. At which point, which also resolves the sending Keston in to immediately get captured again aspect. Because I'm not expecting to keep a Eugenia Varadu past defeating Pytax. No, the, the, that, those, that, that was that was ne- that was never meant to be a permanent loan. No, the expectation is that. Um... Once you've done that, like, they'll probably give you a month period, so it's yeah. not quite so blatantly obvious. Yeah. And I mean, then, oh, you know, Dagomart can finally afford to recall her. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, it's particularly nice, because we're now commanding, you know, given that we've got mixed Mivanes and Stagthorn armies yeah. in the field, one of them commanded by a Dagomart general, it fits in well with the, um, 
the Battle of the Five Armies style thing we got going on. Okay. And that's what we're doing, so I'll get some notepaper for me. Would you like some notepaper as well? Uh, no, I actually have all the armies here. Cool. Because my guys are going to be doing things like modifying their stats. <laughs> carefully put on one particular page. Cool. That's the advantage of doing your own stats as opposed to relying on the book to do them for you. Uh, no, actually, I just copied them out of the book and put them all on one page. Oh, well, that, that the place. Too. Because I've also got, like, all the other armies, the Jan armies and that sort of thing on yeah. there. Just so I can have, this is a sheet of all the relevant armies, and that makes it real easy for me to see, you know, how many people he's still got, what he doesn't. Yep. Uh, and the other one that you have the option, but no, uh, compelling necessity to do is blow your horn. The thing you got from the war swarm? Oh, yes. Interesting question. Uh, you were not, in fact, obliged to do it at the start because the basic premise is it's an instant army. Yeah, that's one of it's one of those things. Um, it's like the bit in the Prince Caspian where they're arguing about whether the desperate hour has, in fact, come or not. Yep. The grave is no bar to my call. Yeah, that's really awesome. Yeah, it's there's certainly you know the argument for it is yay an additional army. Yeah. Um, the argument against it is, um, it, you know, where else are you going to get an instant army from? Yeah, yeah. Well, the thinking is kind of um, on the one hand, I could really use another army. On the other hand, um, you know, if if Kalen's ever in a similar situation to the Jan teleporting in, you know, like. It would be really handy to be able to say, "All right, I haven't had two weeks to summon these guys, but but here they are anyway." Yeah. I think he won't use it as his starting play, yep. but he will keep it in reserve as an option if the things start to go particularly badly for us. Cool. Okay. Uh, so, yep, that's all good. Um, and if I, the stag runners have a siege engine. Cool. Just one. I could only afford one. But um, we do have a plan for Pytax's walls other than dying in front of them. At least you've got a plan. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, Pytaxia is, alas, not a forested hex, so the river runners don't get their guerrilla fighting way. Yeah, yeah, that is inconvenient of him. And, um, you know... As we encircle his walls, you know, if there's any indication that people want to parlay first and really wants to come out and talk to us, the Catelyn will obviously honour that. If he, in fact, doesn't, because the time for talking is past, that's yeah. fair. Oh, uh, just to put this one on the board, um, Marlin has made, the commander of the River Races, has made intimations to you that um, he will tell you some of the uh, secrets of his army, etc., etc., but uh, it doesn't come right out and say this. He, he picks his way around it. But effectively, when they're on their way, as opposed to giving you the opportunity to backstab them effectively, yeah. uh, basically, your prize for that side quest, the reward you get is you get to use the river raises, and then additionally, he teaches you the tactics, making them available in your bag of tricks. Oh, awesome. He knows two special tactics that are guerrilla fighty things. He's got guerrilla tactics, which is plus two offense and defense in a forest hex. And I think his other one's called Fade Away, plus four versus Attacks of Opportunity. As you're retreating. Yeah. 
Both of those are amazing, and I'm very excited to learn them. Particularly considering that Elk's Rest is a forested hex. <laughs> yes, I mean, obviously my armies don't know them until they've actually oh, made sorry, look. that's meant to be plus six versus AOA's recruiting. Cool. Cool. That's excellent. I'm excited about those two new tactics. Obviously, but, my guys can't and, learn them until they I, I found new armies or um, and, th- these ones make loyalty checks. And the, the, implica- the implication there, um, you can add them to your armies at the end of this battle if you win them, because yep. the implication there is that Marlin needs to survive in order to impart this information so that you'll be incentivized not to just order the river raisers to die for your fleeting tactical advantage. I kind of assume whatever that I order, they're not going to die for my fleeting tactical advantage. No, but anything's possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, regardless, it's just sort of ingrained in, mm. in Marlin and Alora to keep, be keeping an ace in their back pocket all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you ride up towards the great walls of Pytaxia and you can see the big castle um, not actually looming out over the walls, because again, it's single story, mm. and for the first time, Caelan actually might perceive the point of it architecturally is that it's actually not a big target. You can't see it over the walls. You yeah. can't deliberately aim catapults at it, that sort of thing. So it's not just a purely aesthetic choice. It's, mm-hmm. it's Irobini thinking about war. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't him that built it, was it? it was his, wasn't it his father that built it? No, Irobini built it. Uh. But the place was a lot smaller when it was his father. It was right. a big town. Right, yeah. It has become a mighty city. Mm-hmm. Um no, the, I, I think your assessment was that um, somebody who knew lots about engineering and architecture yeah, built it, like, like Castruccio Rometti himself. Yeah. Um, so you move on the walls. There's the Great Palace, part of which, part of which actually makes up the defense value of the city. So mm. it's big, it has big imposing walls and that sort of thing. The city itself has walls. It looks... A tough nut, but by no stretch of the imagination impregnable. He hasn't gone insane like Drayleaf has. Yeah. He's built a giant fortress. And you ride forward. Um, and you are greeted by the sight of a bunch of people arrayed on the walls up against you. And somebody who is waving a flag, waving a flag. It is, however, quite definitely not a clockwork man. Yep. Of any kind, including Aravetti. And this man will march forward towards you, and he looks like the, the most inoffensive, generic functionary you've ever seen. He's a white, he's a white man, sort of, of just completely average skin tone. Completely normal, completely normal military crew cut, clean shaven, dressed in a nondescript uniform. And he approaches you and nods and he says, Greeting, greetings, Caelan, King of Stagthorn, in a very incongruous accent with his appearance. He sounds yeah. Asiatic. And says, I represent General Avanish Jerk. Commander and General of the Pytaxian Military Forces. I. I am here to inform you that the Clockwork King has no intention of surrendering. If you wish to negotiate for peace, 
This will perhaps be your last opportunity before your armies are spent against our walls. We have many, we have practiced and won a great many battles. We have many strategies you cannot fathom. It would be wisest to negotiate for peace. You know what the Clockwork King seeks. I, and my answer's the same as it ever was. He cannot have what's mine. And he should have, should have thought twice before bringing his armies against mine and starting a bloody war that was none of Stagthorn's making. The dispute between us can now have only one conclusion. Not even this is the answer that my lord was expecting. Nonetheless, form and ceremony require this ritual. I. We acknowledge, we of Stagthorn acknowledge that Pytax has brought honourable war against us, um, and that we have responded in kind. Let this be settled oh, between men on the field of battle, as Gorham would have it. There's, there's the slightest smile at this, let this be settled between men. Yeah. Um, and then. Well, and, and, and will, men and other individuals. And then he bows again and says, let us then shed blood. Aye. Uh, and you and Bryn can both give me a simple okay. I think he is in fact an army. But I don't know that Caleb would pick up on uh, He knows the guy is an army, but I don't Did you know General Avanish Jurg is an army? Yeah, I'm not um, so- But he is not claiming, this This guy is claiming to be effectively some sort of adjunct to him. Yeah, but I don't think he is. I think it's the general disguising himself. But I'm not certain that Caleb would pick up on that. I've had a lot more experience with the Oni than he has. That's a 15 on my sense motive check. Sure. It's a fair assumption. You just don't get any confirmation from the GM one yeah. or the other. It flows very logically that the man you are speaking to is General Avanish Jones. I think that's a Tianzai accent, and I think it's a, it's a heck of a coincidence that he's got this one Oni Tianz, uh, who would probably have a Tianzai accent on his field, who's also the commander of his armies. And, and shape he, change or cast illusions or whatever. Yeah, and yet he said this random functionary to talk to me. Um, Erevetti himself is not visible anywhere here, nor is Vilmorkov. Yeah. Rasseline is here with you as well. Sweet. Um, albeit, she'll be somewhat watching from the sidelines, um, somewhat participating. Yeah, yeah, I figured she'd, um, probably take the field, but, you know, not necessarily in the very front lines. Yeah. And, retreat back, not Jurg retreats back, the bugles sound, and war. Is upon Pytaxia. Yes. Let blood be shed until there is one, but one side standing. Yep. Alright. To war. To war. Okay. And. We then go to the videotapes. Yes. So you are rolling your morale for this one? Yep. So, can you tell me, refresh my memory on what cavalry experts and siege breakers give me? Certainly. I so believe siege breakers blows up other people's siege engines, so it may not be super useful. Uh, yeah. Siege breaker is for destroying other people's siege engines, which is not at all irrelevant, because um, Erevedi's armies have siege engines. Cool. Which, among other things, are adding to their offense. Sweet. The stag run is a siege breakers. Cool. Um, uh 
And cavalry experts. Cavalry experts are, um, they get plus two offense against armies that aren't mounted. Cool. And I will give you what you have got in the field here. Uh, in the field, behind the walls, etc., etc. There are two large regiments of Pytaxian soldiers, one of whom you have faced already. So those are gargantuan armies. That's the gargantuan armor, the siege engines that yep. come out to knock down your walls. Yeah. Um, but effectively, you have another one of them in here because cool. he was holding something back. back. And and this he was is holding the other back one. Was the other one. And then he's got his clockwork guys. He has the elite clockwork cavalry. Yep. Um, and he has the cat's paw mercenaries. Yep. Who appear to be commanded by somebody who I think has a picture in here. Um, in keeping with Irvi's theme of what the fuck is that? Because um, he, he really put pet for the weirdos. Uh, you see this thing, it looks like a tiger woman of some kind. Ah, uh, yep. Whether it's like a rickshasa or a weird tiger or something, who yep. knows? <laughs> Alright. Okay, so bonuses against people who aren't mounted. Cool. Yeah, which is everyone except his elite clockwork cavalry. Who aren't mounted. Uh, Pytaxian regiments both have siege engines. The mercenaries don't seem to have anything particularly fancy. Cool. They look like they are a fairly hastily hired, um, competent, large and competent, but, um, just people. Cool. Alrighty. And we make morale checks for initiative. Yes, indeed. Okay, so let's go down the list. Uh, River Raisers uh, get a three. Cool. Almost as though they're hoping that some of the other armies will be first into the fray. Pytex, Regiment 1 on 10. Uh, Mavoyans get a two. Mavoyans 1 get a 2. Is that um, Sinclair or Sheridan? That's Sheridan. <laughs> and the Mavoyans 2 get it, and Sinclair gets a 19. Clearly there's um, differing views about how enthusiastic they are about this plan. Some rivalry there. Yeah. Yep. And uh, the Stag Runners get a... Uh, Large amount, uh, cool. 26. Yep. They've fought a lot of battles and they haven't lost one. <laughs> yep. And the Avenging Bowmen get a 12. They're the third formation of this army, <laughs> so they're not quite as eager for the fray. Uh, and the Elite Clockwork Cavalry cannot make royal checks. Was that the Hoves of Thunder? The Avenging Bowman got a 12. Yep. Um, did, did you get the, get the Stag Runners 26? Yes. Cool. Hooves. And the Hooves get a uh, 17. Cool. Alright. So there's your battlefield. Cool. Uh, running up in order, the Clockwork Cavalry remain static, of course. Yep. As they are prone to do. Um, Mivanese Division 1 will start out at normal. Yep, and the Mivanese Division do nothing fancy. Yeah. They have ranged weapons and some improvements. Yeah, but they've got, but they've got dirty fighters, so they, and, and ranged weapons, so they want to, um, try and take advantage of the first round. 
Uh, now, am I cheating? Yeah, yes, I am. Uh, they do not have tactics. That's a copy and paste error. Ah, oh, okay. Sure. Alright, so they don't get the benefits of um, dirty fighters and sniper support. No. In which case, they're just doing it because they're a big army. Yep. And, um... Yeah, they're, they're, really, ba- they're a really basic army. Yeah, They've got so... got these weapons. Yeah. That's about it. So they're going to try and penetrate these and, guys. And to improve there. weapons and shit that just add statically to their offensive defense. Cool. The River Raisers, on the other hand, are a huge army and are going to start out on cautious. Their um, Dirty Fighters is going to be very useful and yep. this will make them slightly less effective, but I really don't see... Um, Marlin is risking his guys, and that being a huge army makes them automatically vulnerable on a fight like this. Uh, and that takes us to Pytax 2. The Pytaxian Regiment 2 will stay on static as well, stay on standard. Cool. Uh, their commander appears to be Jurg's adjunct, but the guy running the Pytaxian Army 1 also appears to be Jurg's adjunct. They look like peas, peas in a pod. They, can, they appear to be completely identical. Awesome. Oh. No idea what's going on there, which is presumably the point. Uh, the um, Bowman will start out on normal. Yep. Uh, Pytex 1, standard. Cool. And the Cat's Paw mercenaries will go defensive. What, minus 4 right off the bat? Uh, sorry. Cautious? Cautious. Cool. Um, the Hooves of Thunder want to know what defensive wall does. Because they have it. Uh, uh, minus one offense, plus two defense. And you can stack that with any tactic you like, Correct. can't you? So, it's a wall. Minus one iron, plus two defense. Okay, the Hoos of Thunder are here because they're bards, but they're a small army that have nearly been destroyed twice in the past. Yep. They start at defensive and defensive wall. Yep. The um, experience has been that the um, opposing armies don't like guys that give everybody else a plus one offense and um, defense modifier. And the um, bards are tired of taking it in the teeth. Cool. Alright. Uh, that's the hooves. Uh, uh, the other Mivanese army are also going to start on normal. And um, the runners are going to start on normal. People really hit them. Uh, um, you will also get a very brief interjection at the start from... Um, a messenger from the Cat's Paw Mercenaries basically to show you their credentials and let you know they're with the Mercenaries Guild so you're obliged to follow the rules. Sure, um, Calum dashes off a quick, quick note uh, uh, indicating that he still follows the co- yep, code yep. and at the point where um, X amount of their forces being surrendered uh, they can surrender with honour and yeah. be escorted off the field. Your kingdom has active active agreements with the, with the Mercenaries Guild that you yeah. made at the start for build points. But it's always reassuring on the even battle to know yep. that I do in fact remember what they are. Yep, yep. Cool, cool. Roll on. Ranged round. Cool. Alrighty. So let's go down the line of people who actually have bows. Yep. Stagrunners have bows. Shoot. Sure. Alright, so who are they shooting at? 
So we've got four armies on the field, and I know what their tactics are at this point. Uh, yes, you do not know what the cat's paw mercenaries can do. You have never seen them do anything. Yeah. Oh, you, you mean the strategy? Yeah. Yeah, uh, standard for everyone, cautious for the cat's paws. Cool, alright, so not really worth picking them off at the front. And I want to shoot people who don't have um, horses. Um, so I will pick on um, Pytax 1 cool. with Stag Runners. So they get a, um, against that, they get a, um, plus three because they have bards and rain, and they're mounted, I believe. It's yep. plus two for the mounted. Correct. Cool. Alrighty. Alright. However, the, um, I expect a lot of this to break on the walls in the first round, but that is a very good number. Okay, so... And that is a 30. Curse flat. Yep. They are inconvenienced. Cool. Um, the stag runners then activate that sniper support and add two to it. Yep. Cool. And that's their bows. The hooves of thunder make what's considered to be a completely futile um, attempt to shoot from behind very big shields. Uh... They're at a minus five, so they get an eighteen. Uh, so that will miss. Cool. Uh, can I just borrow your sheet? I have sneaking those up uh, NPC armies. I gave you. I have sneaking suspicion. I've screwed them up. Sure. Now's the time. Yes, I have given them the wrong things. Cool. So. Yeah, I've copy but made copy paste errors in there, so they don't have tactics. So I'm looking at my, I've got them on this other sheet. This yeah. is just me transferring them to you. Um, so has that. What does that do? Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Sure. All right. So these are these are two major parts of the Mervoyan army. The first one has a siege engine on its own, cool. and the second one has siege breaker. That is incredibly helpful and very good to know. Because one is their city attacker, one is their city defender. Cool. So um, the stag, yeah, no, on the melee round, I'll talk to you about siege breaker. Sure, yeah, but that's fine because um, this is still a range round. So um, do the mercs have bows? Uh, the mercs do not have bows, in fact. Cool. The Pytex, the Pytex guys have bows. Yes, everyone but the mercs. Cool. I'm pretty sure, uh, uh, yes, the Clockwork Knights have them as well. Cool. So the, um, Pytex 1 get to shoot at someone. Cool. So, having seen the Hooves of Thunder inspiring people all over the show... Yep, it's the Hooves of Thunder. Yep. Yep. Uh, Critical Fumble. Good stuff. So that means they can't attack in the melee round. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's, um, if not that's explicitly how it works, how it should work, they, how it should work, they effectively miss their next round. Yeah, and the next round is effectively yeah. the melee okay. phase. Technically speaking, they make the melee phase and then can't make an offense check next round, but it will be easier just to skip this offense. Yep. 
Yeah, they are out of position. They're expecting you to come in from the west like they have scryed upon it. Yep. Alright, and then the bowman yep. um, will also shoot Pytax 1. And likely fail, but they have a slightly... They still have a bunch of bonuses, but no. Um... Yeah, they, they don't get, they don't beat what the, um, centaurs were doing as they rolled extremely poorly. Cool. Um, so they just flat out miss. Fight takes two. Yep. Uh, do substantively better. And fire upon the hooves of thunder with a 30. Okay. Alright. So the hooves of thunder have a plus six to their DV. That is a 25, so they take 5 points of damage. Cool. Uh, River raises? Yep. Um, we'll shoot people. Yep. And roll excessively well. Spirit boys, they are of course a cautious, so that's a minus 2. And the dirty fighters thing applies at, ra- at melee, not at range. So they've got a 29, uh, minus 2 is a 27, but plus 1 for being inspired. 28 versus the Pytax Regiment. So we all try and pick those guys off. Which is going to be hard, because they're one of the big forces. It doesn't do an extraordinary amount, but it does do stuff to them. Yep. Yeah, well, it's good that we're hitting them at all with the um, city defences up. Cool, that's the River Razor's shooting, and um, these um, Mavoyans have bows, don't they? Yeah, they, they, yes, yes, for sure. They have improved armor, improved weapons, and ranged weapons. Yep, so um, they will... Um, did I use the... Um, I, I, may I have, don't know that you did. No, I think I skipped the first cool. one. So both Mavoyan yep. armies shoot the Pytaxian Regiment. Okay. Uh, oh, and the first r- round crits them. Ouch. In the face, yep. Yep, so they've got a... So that's a 28 to hit them. Yep. And then um, an additional D4's worth of damage. Correct. Which is an additional two points of damage. Cool. They don't have sniper support, so they don't use it. Cool, and then Mavoy Division 2... Um, takes a swing and gets a 16, which I imagine will just flatten this. Uh, the clock, elite clockwork cavalry. Yep. Uh, who are incentivized to go kill something else, uh, will go kill the Mivoyan army that has the siege engine. Cool, makes sense. Who are not mounted, so they get a bonus against them and waffle them. Uh, 31. Ouch. They drop a considerable chunk of hit points, but yep. are not down and out at this stage. Yep, the clockwork cavalry sweep around them, targeting them uh, skillfully. Yep, that's the guys with the siege engines, not the guys with siege brackets, correct? Correct. Because they're the bigger threat. Yep. And that is all, everyone. Into the melee round we go. Cool. Okay, the um, stag runners will keep up the pressure on the um, Pytaxian regiment. Yep. And take a melee swing at them. 
number. Uh, 21. Tink? Small amount of damage? No. Okay, miss entirely. Take off the armor. Yeah, makes sense. Um, okay, uh, and they have Siege Breaker. Cool. So, uh, we each time they damage an army in melee. Right. And they make a second offense check. If it's successful, they destroy a siege engine. Cool. So they um, do not get the opportunity to do that at this time. Yeah, so it's hard to hit their siege engines because their siege engines are behind walls. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, that's the stag runner's turn. They miss. Yep. Um, Sinclair of the Mivoyan army is going to have a swing at the Pytaxian regiment. Yep, Pytax 1. Pytax 1. And that guy has, he has Siege Breaker 2, so if he gets a hit through, which he is not going to because he doesn't have as good bonuses and he just rolled the same number. Sure. So he misses as well. Yep. The Hooves of Thunder taken almost on certain to be um failed attempt at shooting the um just crit yeah. and they crit cool alright um does that mean they hit automatic yes it does so you need to work out their number yeah to see how much uh if they're over or doing any damage yeah alright so um they're at a minus five so that's twenty three yeah. um so they're getting a twenty three to hit Cool. So they hit automatically because they roll a 20 and then they roll roll a d4 damage. Yeah. Alright, so they roll 3. Because it's the difference plus And they add a plus 2 to it because they have sniper support. Nice. It's the difference plus 2. Yeah. It's it's the difference in numbers plus a d4. Yeah. And in the absence of a difference it's just a d4. So So they are successfully crit fishing. Yep, the Hooves of Thunder inspired by their war chants have come to fight it was the first time the Mavoyans have seen centaurs in action on the yeah. battlefield, and they rush in, firing their bows and striking savagely with hooves. Yep. And kill the shit out of the Pytaxian army. That's yep. the spirit. Cool. And then it is the Catspaw Mercs. Okay. The Catspaw Mercenaries will look for someone uh, small and weak to engage. Um, however, they're not going to get a lot of good choices there, are they? Uh, the river raises are small, and the hooves of thunder are small. Everyone else is get those are the huge armies. Everyone yeah. else is going to get Let's kill the traitorous river raisers. Sure. <laughs> Die traitors. Seventeen. Uh, live traitors. Dodgy, dodgy, flipping little. Uh, 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 Stupid tricks of traitors. Yep. And it's Pytax one. Yep. Uh, Pytax one will bring the thunder. Against the hooves of thunder. Yep. Uh, no, they won't. They will wave their arms and roll. Oh yeah, because they miss. Yep, that's fine. The bowmen um, will shoot at the Pytaxian regiment. Yep. And miss. Yep. They do not. Yeah, no, they don't get the kind of number that they would need there. And it is the second Pytaxian regiment. Same again with knobs on. This time actually taking it. A shot which they fire over the walls dramatically. They arc in and several trees die horribly. Cool. Good for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, they crit. They, they, they crit fumble as well. Yeah. Alright. And um, the river raisers. Yep. Um, Who are dirty fighters? They are indeed dirty fighters, which is very thoughtful of them. Um, yeah, they're the only ones on my team. 
Um, I'm just trying to decide if they want to go for Pytex like everyone else, or if they want to try and get one good head in on the Mercs. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, actually they're, they're opposed to people who attack them, and um, they want to see if they can get a good solid hit on the Mercs and clear them off the battlefield. That's fair. So they're going to take a swing at the Mercs. Oh, good boys. They roll extremely well. Uh, so that's a 29. Um, and 30, because they have the um, bard bonus. Yep. Um, and then they add their dirty fighter um, plus 8 eight to that, or 6 to that? 6 to that. Cool. So that's so they're adding it on top of the rolls. They've effectively rolled a 36. Yep, they roll a 36. Cool. And they'll be a mercenary. Yeah, yeah. And the, uh, as the mercs circle in, the um, river razors circle back. The cat's poor mercenaries overextend themselves, chasing the razors only to realise that they've been pulled into a trap. And the razors start sneak attacking them in the kidneys. Yep. Alright, Team Sheridan. Cool. Uh... Team Sheridan. Sheridan of Mivoy. Has siege engines, which will be useful at the end of the round, not right now. Yep. And he's going to join his fellows and trying to beat the Pataxian regiment down. These guys are by the book. The yep. book says kill the defenders, they kill the defenders. And he is going to fumble, so can you move him out of... Uh, they're the ones that have been hit badly, yep. so they try and reorganize their guys, but their guys are pretty pretty unhappy about that. Yep. However, I believe we get, unlike Siege Breaker, we get to use our Siege Engines at the end of the round, whether we hit or not. Uh, so, Siege Engines are blah blah blah. Yeah, each melee phase reduce the enemy's DV by 1d4 per Siege Engine in your army. Cool, well, we've got two so Siege Engines. basically what you want to do is keep them on the battlefield in, in as long as you can. Yep, and the Clockwork Army have yep. still to... They're going to try and kill Sheridan. Yep, for very logical reasons. Did they crit fumble? Yes, yes they did. That was thoughtful of them. So, obviously, you know, most units... Units. Most of the people here are used to fighting in battles, but this is larger scale than pretty much anyone has been in. You are now effectively having three kingdoms worth of armies fighting. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different armies on the battlefield simultaneously... And nobody has the experience to deal with this melee. Yeah. Hmm? So people find themselves continually out of position and in the wrong place and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Alright. And then we're on to round D2. Yep. Um, I'm wondering, given we've got this many people in, if we want to like change the initiatives round every two rounds or something. Yeah, that's purely sounds... as a reducing bookkeeping thing. That sounds like a good idea. Um, I am going to now want to damage people's siege engines. Sure. Yep. So you have two siege engines with you. Yep. So roll me two d four functionally. Cool. So I get a one and a two. So three points of dv. Cool. Drops off. I don't know if you tell me what I'm getting, or just give me a general... Um... Uh, you are beating their walls down a little. Yep. But it does make a big difference in the battlefield, because I'm hitting the wall You're functionally really dropping their AC by three. Yep. Cool. Alrighty, so let's keep... Which, the ca- as, as you know, if maybe Senior Ravidi do it the other way, you need to beat down their walls before you're going to get anywhere meaningful here. Yep. 
Okay, and then we go up tactics again. Yep. Uh, Clockwork Knights stay on the same, as they always will. Yes. Um, Alright, so Sheridan is the guy who's getting hit. Yep. So he's dropping to Cautious. Cool. Um, you know, if he could, he'd drop to defensive, but I don't want to make the loyalty check. The, um, his siege engine is more important than yep. his guy's, um, contribution to the attack. Yep. Um, the river raisers, um, are going to stick with cautious. Yep. They're pretty concerned for their personal skins, but yep. they do feel good about their chances of taking the cat's paws off the battlefield. Play taxi too, we're good with our. Cool. The bowmen are good at normal. Yep. Um, Pytaxia 1. Good with our. Cautious. That's very standard. Okay. Uh, Hooves of Thunder cannot drop any lower and are, con- and are going to stay one more round on the battlefield. Yep. And then they are out of here. The and- Mercs are going yeah, to stay at Cautious. Cool. And um, the... Sinclair and Dwellers. Uh, Sinclair hasn't been hit yet and is good to stay at normal. Yep. And the Runners will stay at normal. Okay. Down we go. Yep. Okay. The Stag Runners are um, going to attempt to continue their efforts to remove Pytaxia 1. And roll poorly. Um, but I'll add them up anyway, because the AC just got low at 16. Uh, Nineteen, I imagine, will not do it. It will not. Cool, they miss. Uh, Sinclair's boys will attack the Pytaxians as well. Yep. Get a fifteen, so that obviously won't do it. Yep. Uh, the Who's of Thunder will aim for another twenty, which seems unlikely on the Pytaxians. Yep. And miss. Yep. Uh, and it is the Cat's Paw Mercenaries, who I presume don't rout. Uh, no, not, yeah. not uh, remotely. Uh, these razors must die, but not today. That's even worse than they did previously. Cool, that's spirited of them. Um, and it is Pytaxia 1. Uh, Hooves of Thunder. Yeah, right, figure. Go. Uh, probably not going far, though. Uh, 17. Uh, that will not do it. Yep. Cool, alright. Uh, the Avenging Bowman. Yep. We'll take a shot at the Pytaxians. That's a good number, so... Uh, uh, 23. Uh, that's one. Uh, no. Ouch, okay. Um, Too many walls. Right. Okay, I had thought that did it last time, but I must have um, been getting muddled. There's been a lot of numbers. That's fine. Um... Pytaxia to move back into position. Um, the river and the river raisers take another shot at the cat's poor mercenaries, but this time without dirty fighters. Yep. Okay, but they are really good, really, really good. Uh, that's a twenty-five. Okay, uh, that one will point them. Yep. That's Pytax one again. No, the, this is the river raisers attacking uh, the mercenaries. mercenaries. Sorry, yes, quite right. Uh, where did you go, Mr. Mercenaries? Well, I'll, put your core I'll move your hit point damage over to where the rest of your stats are. Uh, okay, the Cat's Paw Mercenaries are not looking so hot. They are not running yet. Cool. But they look close. Cool. Um, 
Alright, and um, then my the clockwork army and um, the siege the siege guys um, get back into position as um, those two armies um, were also rolled once. Yep. And um, we roll some more um, wall damage. Yep. Okay. And the walls take four points of damage. Okay. At this point, they are looking pretty well beaten down. They're not gone yet, yep, but they're but pretty beaten down. Cool. That's tremendous. Okay. And, um, yep, and now we do tactics. Cool. Yep. Skip over everyone who's in the wrong position. Yeah, yeah. And um, roll for roll for a million initiatives again. Yep. Okay. Except the um, clockwork army who just stay with there. Okay, the river raises um, get an uh, seventeen. Yep. Five x two. Almost sixteen. Cool. Uh. Move away one, get a 14. Which one's that? Uh, Sheridan. Yep. Uh, move away two, get a um, two. Yep. Sinclair. Worried about their fellow Mavoyans getting it in the teeth. Um, the stag runners uh, uh, get a 12. Who's Mercs and Bowman? Yep, the Bowman get an uh, 13. And the Who's get a 19. Cool. Cool. There we be. Okay. Right. So, Clockwork Men stay standard. Cool. Uh... Sinclair still good with normal. Uh, Pytex one. Uh, they are actually going to switch up and go to aggressive. Oh, interesting. Or offensive, the first step. Yeah. Always forget the words. Um. Uh, team Merc is good on cautious with her. Yep. Um, the runners stay at normal. Yep. Um, the bowmen stay at normal. Uh. Sheridan switches to defensive with immense satisfaction. Yep. Keeping the siege engines in the fight, if you can. Um, the Pytax 2. Uh, they are good with our standard. The River Raisers are happy at Cautious. Apparently they can hit these guys with Cautious. And the Hooves of Thunder um, declare that remain at defensive and mount a fighting retreat. Cool. So, I don't know if Every army gets an attack. Yes. Okay, so they can they can be defeated in retreat. Yeah. They don't get an attack this round. Yeah. Um, and they, at the end of this round, exit the battlefield. Yep. So, shall we um, move them to the bottom? Yep, sounds good. Okay, Team Riverator. Cool. Cat's poor mercenaries. Good, what they're, what's for dinner? Okay, uh... Now, I'm going to assume that given that they can be attacked this round, the Hooves continue to provide their Bardic bonus yes, this indeed. round. Yes, indeed. They are on the battlefield until cool. they exit at the end of the round. Cool. So that is a 20 to hit the Catsport Mercenaries. Uh, that will just do it. Yeah. 
because they don't have as many walls to hide behind now. Weaken defences. Cool. Cool. Alright, and it is Pytax 2. Uh, they are... Um, So, uh, what am I thinking here? Oh, I missed that catch, didn't I? The runners hit the, um, no, they missed last round, though, that's right. They haven't hit them with their, um, melee attack yet. Um, So it is your uh, uh, it's, it's your pick. Uh, the Hooves of Thunder either leave at the end of the previous round and thus stop providing a bardic bonus and provoke everyone on the way out, or they stay in for this round and then at the end of this round leave. Um, I'm content for them to leave leave and stop providing a bardic bonus, but only if you're content for them to if you're content for them to do that, that would be my preference. Yeah, the trick is you, then you can't drop them to full defensive. They were already on defense. They were already on the most defensive yep. they can get. Cool. Okay, so they start exiting and provoke all over the show. Yeah. So they everyone gets an extra attack on them because it's a provoking attack. Okay, so yep. we're back in time. It's the end of the first day in the second round. The Hooves of Thunder can either stay on the battlefield or go into retreat. They because got... they're not being routed, they're not forced to make this decision. They choose to. If they choose to retreat then they provoke from everyone. Yeah. If they are still alive at the end of that, then they leave the battlefield. Yeah, but there's no other way to get them off the battlefield. No. Cool. Then they might, Then it's not good. Their situation is No, your incentive to keep them in is to keep the Bardic Bonus going and to have them make more attacks and that sort of thing. No. Given so, they've savagely critted someone already. Yeah, so I take a... Um, I take a provoking action from them. Okay, so... Uh, the Pytaxian regiment are not aggressive yet, because we're back in time. Uh, so that is a 22. Uh, which will... Um, like, buck all 50 from the other one. Miss them. Uh, cats, poor mercenaries continue their streak of piss, and the murder elite golems... Yeah, yeah, this is going to be ugly. ...murder uh, with 26. Phew. Okay, um, they take... They do not get a bonus because the hooves are mounted. Yep. So they take a bit more damage and exit the battlefield in good order. Yep. They're not actually particularly badly hurt, but they don't have all that many hit points, and every army attacking... Every army except the clockwork guys attacking them is not going to work out well for them as soon as one of those guys rolls really well. Cool. So the hooves are fun to exit the battlefield, which means that I subtract, um one um, point from the uh, set of damage that the um, uh, was dealt to the mercenaries that was just dealt to the mercenaries cool. at which point um, they look fine again cool Ish. yep slightly less hurt um, cool so we've done the river raises done by tanks done Sheridan haven't done Sheridan okay so Sheridan was um Taking a swing at the Pytaxian Regiment 1, as people do. Yep. In his case, not a very good swing, because he's dodging, but he rolled well. Uh, so that's a... That's a 20 to hit them. Uh, that will not do it. Yep. He's dodging. Yep. Um, D20. 
It was a stiller. Uh, the bowman will take a swing at the at Pytex one. And it will not be a good day to be Pytex one. Uh, that's a 27. Well, with their new aggressive stance, they charge headlong into the fray and get their faces ripped off. Yep. Cool. Yep, their faces are ripped off. They, uh, I don't think they're about to retreat, but it's too rough, so I need to have a look soon. Uh, 24% of the, no. Cool. Okay, the runners, um... It's not about how much they take at any given hit, it's about what they end up at. Yep, the runners take a, um, swing at the, um, Pytaxian Regiment as well. Yep. And do not, um, yeah, they don't, um, fail, um, they don't crit fumble, but they don't hit either. Cool. Mercenaries determined to kill the river racers. Well, it, is, it does appear to be it's going to be one of these guys or the other. Haha, <laughs> no. Um, uh, it's an 18 this time. That won't do it. Yeah, I didn't figure. Um, yeah, the problem is Irovetti outfitted the river racers with lots of expensive gear. Yeah, and they appreciate it. Fuck you. They like to What's show- the point of enslaving your family if you're not going to, like, fight for me? Yeah, yeah. Alrighty, and, um... Yeah, it, it, it's almost like it hasn't worked out well for him for a reason or something. Mm. Alright, and it's Pytex 1. And we'll have to pick on someone who isn't Centaurs. Yep, uh, they will go kill the guy with the siege, the Mervoins with the siege engine. Sure. Nobody likes the Mervoins with the siege engine. Uh-huh. And has a problem with the siege engine. Uh, yes, Pytex were the ones who just got eviscerated. Now it's time for them to do their eviscerating. Yeah, because they've got aggressive up, so this is going to be ugly. Uh, 26. Uh, yep, that is not a... not pleasant. Minus 17. Yep, ouch. Okay, so... Right, so... That's mine. Right. Um, it's a quarter of their total hit points, isn't it? I don't think they're there, but I'm just going to find out what that number is for um, future reference. Or their CR, whichever is uh, um, higher, yeah. but I'm, it's, so, at this stage, I think their hit points are longer now. Let's trip this Yeah, so they don't they don't hit routing points, but yep. they are well bloodied. Yep. Oh, hang on. Of course they're at defensive. Sorry. Um, they are... Still hurt, but slightly less bloody. They get better at math and look better. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I apologise, but I do have a lot to keep track of. Yeah. Sinclair. Yep, but, you know, they're definitely getting worn down. And Sinclair will take a shot at the Pythaxian Regiment, because everyone else is doing it. They want to do what their cool kids are. Also, they have a siege engine who can potentially break that shit. Okay, so, um... He gets a 21 to hit them. Really hopes he pulls it off. Nope. Didn't think so. But it'd be great if he did, because you could break their siege engines. Alright. It'd be nice if runners could hit anything, because they would be really killing out if they could. Okay. And unfortunately, it's the scary clockwork, guys. The scary clockwork. When March menacingly on Sinclair's army. Um, undaunt- Sheridan's army. Undaunted. The one with the siege engines. Undaunted by the Mivanese efforts. Yeah. Um, and activate their implacable foe ability and... 
make everyone, cause everyone to make morale checks? No, or just those they guys? target them. Okay. Uh, make a morale check. Okay. A difficult They just rolled the three, so they pretty yep. much fail. Yep, cool. Uh, so, minus two defense, minus two offense next round. Next round, cool. Yep. I'll, load it, I'll um, note it down. And then they... Cool. Uh, they are more menacing. It's more menacing because they keep coming even though they achieve nothing. Clink, yep. Clink, 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 clinkity, clinkity, clink. Cool. And that's round three. Yep. Okay, so we keep the same initiative. Yep, it is the afternoon of day two of battle. Cool. And the siege engines. Or rather the morning because it was a night round. And yep. Not that it matters, because no, I think no one here has dark vision of any kind. Yeah, I'm pretty confident, no. No, even the clockwork men don't. Um, and it's a bad day, I'm afraid it's a bad day to be a defensive wall, as we roll 7 on our 2d4. Okay, so, thundering amounts of balls, huge catapult balls, and boulders are smashed into wall after wall, the siege towers are pushed up, men are leaping off. Pytex's defences are effectively in ruin here. They will yep. need substantive amounts of time to rebuild them. Yep. Their DV is now zero or less. Sweet. Okay, and we come round again. Yep. Alright. Go, go, River Razor. The River Razors continue their largely successful efforts to destroy the Catchpool mercenaries. Yep. And do not roll particularly well and don't have any more bard bonuses. Of course, they're cautious. So, that's an 18. Yep. Which I... Will not do it. Yep, did not think it would. Cool, so they miss. Um, Pytax 2. Uh, Pytax 2 will finish... Oh, no, sorry, I've screwed this up. We don't move our initiatives, but everyone gets to change their tactics, and I just skipped that over that part. True. Do you Uh, have any intent of changing your tactics? Uh... No, actually. No, do I. So, so, sweet, cool. Okay, no problem. We skip the changing tactics phase and Pytax to go after... Sinclair. Cool. Uh, you mean Sheridan, don't yes, you? Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah. Uh, for sort of times... Uh, 27, as they pour men after men into the... Thing. All right, well, that will certainly do it. All right, so he's got... Um, uh, 21... Alright, so he takes another six points of damage. Yep. Um. At some point in here, there is this bright red large creature that looks like a, some sort of de- some sort of huge ogre demon thing wailing away with a studded club, and then it's just kind of gone again a few minutes later. Yeah. Alright, and um, these guys have not hit routing point. Yep. Um, but I think they've now taken enough damage that they will try and pull out at the end of this round if they either try and pull out or route at the end of this round, depending on which way it goes down. Yeah. Although, if they route, they do so immediately, don't they? Uh, at the end of the round, we cool. check whether they route or not. Cool. Um, at this rate, they may not be alive to route at the end of the round. So the the gimmick with Jurg is basically um, that he's an Oni in disguise. Yeah. And that his adjunct is somebody who looks the same, but you can't work out which one's working with which army. Right, yeah. Like, Pytax 1 and Pytax 2 both charge in, and Jurg does some impressive shit and then hides again. That's right. But that's that's what the basic gimmick is. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, and um, it is Sheridan. Yep. Fighting valiantly and 
you know, in a probably doomed kind of way. Yep. He endeavours to take down Pytex 1 because it probably makes a real difference in whether his team personally live or die. Fair. Right, on the other hand, he is hiding in a massive defence hole and um, just flat misses. They will not die. But, you know, his siege engines have already made a massive contribution to the battlefield, and actually them dying seems like a real possibility. And the bowmen take a shot at, um, Pytax 1. Yep. And crit. It's going to be a bad day to be Pytax 1. So that's a... 28. Plus... 5 because they activate sniper support. Yeah, plus five, it's Bad day, bad day, bad day. Uh, no more walls for you, my friends. UK! Uh, Pytaxian Regiment 1 looks pretty eviscerated. They look like they are thinking about bolting. Cool. Alright. Which is, at the end of the round, they, um... They make a morale check or flee. Cool. But you can keep pounding damage. Yeah, and because this all happens simultaneously. Yes. Um, so at this point, I could try and hit them again and try and break the, destroy them, but they'd get their last attack anyway, correct? Correct. You, you cannot kill them before the end of this round, but the trick is they may not, they may well not route at the end of this round. If they make their morale check, they'll keep going. Yeah. So you are highly incentivized to kill them. Yeah. Because I'm just wondering about, um, because if they do route, then they'll, um, yeah, no. Provoke all over the show, yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the best thing for you is at the end, you do nothing more to them and at the end of the round they route, but you have, and you kill them on the way out, but you have no control of whether or not that will happen. Yeah. It depends on how impressive their commander is. Yeah. Um, based on what you can see, um, Jurg isn't any particular slouch if he's the one in charge of that army. Yeah, yeah. Just, um, because I've only hit them thus far, um, and there's two other armies on the battlefield. But we do need to take one of them out, out. Um, yep, the runners will hit Pytax 1. Sure. One more time. Uh, yeah. That's not going to be good for them. Okay, so that is a 32. Run, run, run away. Run away. Uh, yep. Run to your death. Yep. Cool. Um, and if they, and I get to endeavor to destroy their siege engine unless they are at this point dead, at which point there's probably very little point. Uh, they are in fact at this point dead. Okay. <laughs> so their siege engine is destroyed because you set it on fire. Sweet. Okay, so the stag runners destroyed. And then prick the broken bits up and use it, um. Yep. Alright, the stag runners destroy Pytax 1, who get one more attack before perishing. Yep. And, and it, but it's... Uh, what, what you may want to do is just put a list somewhere on your sheets of armies of who you've destroyed, because remember they become, you look them at the end. Yep, so Pytax 1 destroyed. Cool. Uh, with the exception of the, if the mercenaries surrender rather than die, you're not allowed uh, to, to loot them by yep, your yep. kingdom's laws. Yep, that's fine. Okay, so... Then it is Team Mercenary. Yep, didn't get hit this round. Yep. They are changing tactics and going to kill the stag runners. Okay. And apparently Iravetti, just whatever he paid for these guys, it was too much. Yep. <laughs> like he was desperate to get an army and, and yep. 
This is what was available. Yep, cool. Alrighty. Um, and it is Pytex 1's last attack. Yep. Worse and worse and worse. So, um, having determined that there is very little merit in destroying your siege engines now, uh, they are going to turn around and try to obliterate the Staglers. Okay. Um, so the Mivonese division is not at breaking point yet, but it's close to it. Right. So they're they not routing yet. They're not f- forcing a route yet. No, they're not quite that at, to that point. Cool. But one good hit will push them to that point. Yeah. So they may they want to. Dead, then I thought they were uh, looking at routing. No, they're they're close to looking at routing. Cool. Uh, have twenty two. Okay, so that. All right. Plus. Agro charge. That will do them a very little amount of damage because they've got twenty one. Yep, that will injure them slightly. And that's Pytex 1? Yep, Sinclair's and Sinclair, um, uh, what do we want to do here? Do we want to get the Pytex 2 off the field because they're easier to hit, or the Clockwork guys because they're hideous lethal? The Clockwork guys because they're hideous lethal, except our mounted force that will probably hit, just beat on whichever humans they, whichever non-horse guys they can find. Okay, the Mivonois division will switch targets to the clockwork. Cool. They are dangerous. Okay, and they will get a... uh, 17 and probably just flat miss them. Yes, indeed. Cool. Okay, the elite clockwork knights will try and use their inflatable foe thing against um, Sinclair again, since it didn't work very well. Sheridan, the siege engine one. Yeah, yeah. So, um, was that, that, that was last round, so they get it this round. Yep. Uh, so for all of this round, they've been at minus two offense, minus two defense. Right, yep, okay. Because of their being, um, intimidated. Yep, yep. Um, so. Which was desperately needed to actually get the damage through. Yeah, yep, so, uh. sure what you're working out there at this uh, point that now wears off. Yeah, yeah. No, um it was um I had um I had lost sight of that, but right. they got hit twice, so I've just subtracted another four hit points, at which point they have hit routing point. Right. At which point the um clockwork knights are not going to implacable foe them again. They're going to implacable foe the river raisers. Cool. Uh, they don't roll the river raisers roll a morale check. Uh, the river raises roll a 12. <laughs> cool. Okay, so minus 2 OM and DB. Cool. And then uh, the relative percentages here suggest that. So they change. The clockwork knights start shooting at the runners. Okay. I've, I've literally got a flowchart here for what they do, because yep. they cannot make spontaneous decisions. Yeah. Or rather, they make them based on the amount of armies and who's looking like routing and blah, 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 blah. Uh, that will be fairly nice. Uh, 25. Cool. The um, stag runners have no bonuses, because they're, they're mounted as well, so that's a um, that's four points of damage. Cool, they take a little bit of damage. Sure. And that is that. Yep, so that's the end of round four? Yes. Yes, okay. So 
at this point, the um, move Sheridan's army have just hit the point at which they need to make a check to avoid so they need routing. To make morale check or route. And the Pytaxians are dead, so it doesn't arise. Okay, so they do not make it and route. Cool. So everyone gets an attack. And they are off. going to take shots at Obviously. So we will see how... It's, it's not actually necessarily obvious, because there are many might, for yeah. the sake of diplomatic relations, let them go, but no. Yeah, no, hard to see that happening. Okay, so one, two, three... You may want to do these one at a time, or you may just be happy with what... Three separate oh, Cool. Different colours, you know what I'm doing. Uh, so... The mercenaries, earning their money. Good lord, hit something. Uh, I don't know about that. Um, you fucking hope so at that point. Uh, 23 to hit them. Yep, so the mercenaries will do them two points of damage. Cool. Now they're not, because the applicable foe has moved, they're not suffering from that anymore, right? Yeah, the round is over at cool. this point. Alright, they take some damage but are still up. What about the other two? Uh, 16, which I imagine will miss them horribly. Yep. And 18, which may or may not. Uh, misses them because of their high defense. Cool. So they get out. And Sheridan. He was. Sinclair was always the better commander. Yeah. Alrighty. Okay, and it's the new round and everybody everybody who's still alive rolls morale checks. Yep, we're down to seven armies left of the battlefield. It's five past ten. Do you want to keep going or do you want to leave it here? I think one more round and we'll leave it here. Cool. Morale. Yep. The razors crit fumble. And yet they still do better than the clockwork knights. Yeah, yeah, but that's because the clockwork knights can't make um, So I'm just going to cross Sheridan's guys off. Alright, so mercenaries have totally got a plan. They've got 21. Alright, um... Sinclair gets a ten, flat 10. Stag runners get a 16. Yep. Uh, Vengeance Bowman crit fumble on get a six. Cool. That's everybody. Okay, okay clockwork guys. Standard. Don't, don't do a thing. The river raisers um, stick with cautious. They haven't been hit yet, and they don't feel inclined to come out of cautious. Yep. Um, the bowmen stick with standard. They haven't been hit yet. Um, Sinclair's guys go to cautious at this point. Yep. Just in case the Mivonis army are on the next list yep. because they're um feel slightly alarmed about their friends being being taken off the battlefield. Uh the uh so that was the that was Sinclair and the Bowman was staying at normal. Yep. Uh the stag runners, um what's um hold the line do? Line. Uh, four, four defense, three offense, minus three offense. Cool. Um, you focus on total defense. They act, stay at normal and activate hold the line. Cool. So they are at minus three OM plus four DB. They suspect they're about to take quite a lot of onslaught at this point, and this will make them better at doing that. Um, uh, team mercenary is is um, actually dropping again. Yep. To super defense mode, which is understandable because they have taken a lot of damage. Yep. 
And uh, white X2? Uh, raising up to aggressive. Okay. They've got to drive these invaders out. Cool. And it is Pytex 2 leading us off. Cool. So, uh, they will... Who just dropped in to hold the line? Uh, Stag runners dropped in to hold the line. River raisers are the ones that have the implacable foe penalty. Cool. Uh, so as the second Pytaxian army starts doing something, it becomes obvious to your experienced commanders that they are just looking less skill, less competent, less pulling themselves together, that sort of thing. Uh, as if Master Commander Avanish Jerg just went down somewhere in the melee. Ah, uh, yep. And uh, now they are left with the other guy. Yep. Who is not, by any stretch of imagination, incompetent. He is yep. merely not, doesn't have a plus six charisma. Yep. And we appreciate that. Uh, so, let's kill some Bodman. Cool. So they take a swing at the Bodman. Uh, 25. That will quite certainly hit. Yep, I would certainly hope so. Alright, so they take 7 damage. Yep, the bowmen are wounded. Yep. A bit. But, you know, a a reasonable bit. Cool. They take some damage. Uh, The cat's poor mercenaries seem to pull back, pull into a defensive formation, and drink their healing potions. Right, they spend their round drinking the healing potions? Yep. Cool. And look less inclined to rout. Cool. Uh, they weren't quite there, but they were certainly heading there. Yep. Stag runners. Uh, we'll go beat up Pytax 2 on the basis that they have horses, so yep. they're better at that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everybody else is going to try and take the clockwork, r- 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 clockwork guys off the battlefield. Alright, and roll extremely well, which is great, because they're now taking some penalties. That's a 30, minus 3, but they've still got their plus 2. That's 31 versus the um, Pytex, so... Yep, curse splat. Yep. They take horrible amounts of damage. Yep, this is my the runners are my good army. Yep. They can do this kind of shit even while they're hiding. Move on these. Sinclair has Siege Breaker. Do Pytex 2 have a Siege in? Yes. Cool, he hits Pytex 2 then. He will join he will actually um last round he had hit the clockwork guys, but he wasn't. They in fact have multiple siege engines. Cool. He wants to break one of those things. Alrighty. Uh but he is may not be able to uh that's a nineteen. He does not break them. Yeah. Ah, uh, no, sorry, they are aggressive. He breaks them. Sweet. Okay, so he endeavours to break a siege engine. Yep. Uh, which I'm pretty confident is... Um, so he hits them, deals them damage. Yep. And then you may make a second offence check. If that's successful, you simply destroy a siege engine. Cool. Um, the stag runners are going to do that too. It's the first time they've hit someone cool. with their melee attack who has a siege engine. Okay, uh, that's a 18. Uh... Hits for no damage, but it does hit, so that's cool. relevant. And the stag runners get a uh, eighteen or more. Uh, they and the stag runners hit as well. Yeah, because it doesn't matter how much yep. they hit by. Yep. Uh, so that is both of their siege engines destroyed. Sweet. Uh, and they lose some offense as a result of that. Yep. Which is definitely a result. Um, and then, um, so that was Sinclair. Yep, the so, Bowman, the River Raiders. Cool. Nice. 
Okay, the bowman will beat up on the clockwork knight. Yep. Kind of alone in this one, but now that the siege engines are destroyed, they might get some help. But then, so the knights are the ones that are mounted. Not that makes any difference to your bowmen, I suppose. No, because they don't have um, they don't have horses, so they're just going to beat them up because they're the worst guys on the field. Uh, I'm going to still normal. Uh, Twenty-two. Yep. For the first time, the elite clockwork knights are harmed. Yep. Yes, it's been a... Uh, uh, Reparators. Have another swing at the mercenaries. Uh, crit fumble, and yep. um, drop out for next... <laughs> and the elite clockwork knights will fire on your bowmen, surrounding them, sweeping in with their Eldori swords. Yep. And only making one attack. Uh, they will attack them and then turn them, it doesn't matter what they do this in. Sure. Um, 17 to attack. Uh... That will miss. Yep, and then a taunt. So, cool. take a morale save. Uh, 19. Uh, they will pass that. So, they're okay? Yes. Cool. They're so not intimidated by the implacable. Spe- specifically, Eugenia Veridu is there, yep. leading the bomb. Hacking down clockwork men. Yep. Alrighty, and that's round five. We clipped through that pretty fast. Do we want to go to round six in the end of the round? Happy to do that. Cool. Day three of battle. Sweet. All right. So um, we go up the tactics in reverse order again. Yep. River raises are happy at cautious. The bowmen are going to drop to cautious as well because people are hitting them now. Yep. Um, the um, runners are going to stay with hold the line and stay at normal. Um, Sinclair's good at cautious. The Protaxian regiment will jump to ruthless. Wow. Cool. And the Mercs? Uh, so good on defensive. Yeah, they, they feel happy with Hey, them. they've done some damage now. Yeah, they, they they've, certainly They've earned have. their money. They can show everybody they actually bloodied their swords. Yeah. Alrighty, and Pytax 2. Uh, it's time to murder Lee Bowman. Yep. Oh, Lee Bowman. They're murdered. Uh, so that's... 29. That is nasty indeed. Alright, and they charge them aggressively, carving into them. Alright, so they got plus 2 from the cautious, so it's 20, so they take 9 points of damage. Yep, and the bowmen are certainly hurt by this. Not as hurt as they'll be when the cat's poor mercenaries get at them. The only problem is they're over there. Okay. They mess horrifically. Okay. But not so horrifically they're out of alignment? No. Cool. Because that's already a crit fumble. Yeah. That doesn't matter what they generate otherwise. Okay. Um, the stag runners... Yep. Um, ...are going to um, attack Pytax 2 again. Sure. Because they still like their guys with horses. They still like guy- attack to attack guys without horses. And uh, that will probably miss... Um, 22. Uh, on who? Sorry? The Pytex. Pytex 2. Oh, that will quite easily hit. Them. Oh, that's right. They're ruthless. Yep. yep. So that's what we'll do. Do, 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 do. Cool. It takes damage. And I presume they now don't have siege engines? Correct. Cool. Then they do not burn a siege engine. So you, you still have the tactic, but there's no longer any point in using it. Cool. Um, Commander Sinclair yep. is going to try and take the Clockwork Army. Yep. 
as they no longer, as the Pytaxian Regiment no longer have siege engines. Actually, no, he's pretty poor at hitting. He's going to attack the Pytaxian Regiment because his odds of hitting the Clockwork Army are virtually non-existent. Yeah, they chase the mercenary, the cat's poor do nothing mercenaries. No, that's what the river raises are for. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Oh, Sinclair crits. <laughs> yep. Alright, so that's a 27. Plus a d4. Plus a d4. Uh, no, sorry, it's a 25 plus a d4. Gotcha. Roll two and make it 27. Uh, I rolled it. So 29. Yeah. Uh, yep. uh, that's uncomfortable for them. Yep. The, Mav- the Mavoyan army are certainly earning their money in this battle. Oh lord, yes, they've been great. Alright, the bowmen. Yep. Are going to shoot that shoot at the clockwork guys. Yep. With no penalty besides their caution. Roll well, but um, I'm not sure how well. Uh, that's a 23. Uh, that is going to hit them. Okay. With not massive amounts of damage. No, but the, 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 only some of the armies are even attacking them. They're really tough, but we are sort of very slowly wearing them down. Yes, the Clockwork Cavalry are... Um, each individual one is substantively better than any troop that you have. Yeah. But there are not all that many of them. Yep, the river raisers get themselves back into position, and yep. the clockwork guys get to mount a hideous attack on someone. The bowman. Yeah, I figured it would be the bowman. Oh, crap. Oh, crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need a d4. Ooh, that's gonna be bad. Yep. Uh... So, with the d4 added on top, that's yep. effectively a 36. Okay, so, because you just add that to the total, right? Correct, because they're massively over, overheading your AC at this point. So. Alright, so 36 and minus 20, so 16 points of damage. Cool. They don't rout. Yep. And then the clockwork men continue to close implacably on them. Yep. And provoke another will save, another morale save. Cool. Uh-huh. And that's a 17. That's uh, a 15. Clockwork men are scary. Yeah. They just, they they are falling apart in places, but they show no pain. They do not know pain. They do not know fear. Yep. All right. And they will keep hunting the bowmen until they're dead. Yep. All right. And shall we dum 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 there? Yeah, yeah, the bowmen the are... The clockwork in. men close on the bowmen. Relentless, implacable, murderous foes. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun.